0: My proven method shows you how to attract cash-paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method.
1: I'm so excited tonight to be here with Marwa Elsayed. She's a registered dietitian specializing in keto diet. She's the owner at Fit Foodies, and she helps women lose weight and stop being hangry with a healthy ketogenic diet. She's born and raised in Dubai, and she came to the United States in 2012 to pursue her master's degree in nutrition. Marla works and lives in Michigan with her husband and daughter. Her passion is to teach her clients how to experience a healthier life by using effective nutrition, education, and counseling. Her favorite moment is when she sees her clients reaching their dream weight and becoming a healthier version of themselves. Thank you, and welcome to today's episode. Can you share where people can find you on social media? Of course, it's at uh, fit.foodies. All right, and happy to have you on tonight. So thank you for taking time to, to chat all things dietetics.
2: Thank you, Libby, for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here today.
1: Oh, I'm happy to have you. And do you want to share with listeners how you and I connected? Do you want to tell the story or should I? You know, you can start a little bit and I, I will let them
2: know, actually, you are one of the reason why I'm here today. You oh. are the reason, you know, like you motivated me a lot, Libby. We are not just friends, you know, like Libby is such a sister for me, you know. So That's she so inspired sweet. me. She motivated me. We used to study together, you know, during our master's. All my family, they know her and they love her so much. So she is, you're very, very, very close to me. So
1: we Basically, family is what you're saying. So for the listeners, just for some context, Marwa and I both went to New York University, got our graduate degree in um, clinical nutrition. We connected in class. What was the class that we met in? Do you remember what what class we met?
2: Uh, We did the vitamins and minerals.
1: Yeah, vitamins and minerals. There you go. (laughs) We've been uh, been friends for a long time. Marwa's really special. I love Marwa's story and she's going to share a lot of great Experiences that she's had as a dietitian, and now she is uh, really taking her social media seriously uh, to grow her side business. So she's uh, an inspiration. So I'm glad to have you on air. Anything that I was missing with the bio that you want to introduce about you or the work that you do, or should we just dive right into the questions?
2: I think actually you mentioned everything. Yeah.
1: So let's kick off and chat about your studies in in New York. So you said you, I know you came from Dubai in 2012. And how did the studies that you completed at New York University help develop you as a dietitian? Can you talk a little bit about that experience?
2: Sure. So, you know, like as any girl in
1: the Middle East
2: who, you know, it's like her dream just to go to New York City and study in New York City. So it was like just a dream for me to study in New York. I applied to a couple universities all over the world. And New York was just one of the last that I thought that I'm going to get accepted to. And actually, it was the first one that I got accepted email, you know, in New York City. So NYU, it was, it was a dream that just come true. So my experience in New York City was just kind of unique and different experience. I think that this was the best decision I made for myself.
1: How so? That I moved
2: to New York City. Yeah. So New York City actually made me a stronger person, Libby, you know, made me an independent person. I learned how to work under pressure and also that I have to work so hard to achieve my goals. For me to come from Dubai, which is a busy city as well, you know, I thought it's going to be just you know easy for me to live in New York City, but I had a culture shock in the beginning. I swear, like you know, I was just very very shocked in the beginning when I came to New York City. I felt like I can't even communicate with people in the street. I cannot say any any words. You know, it was just a shocking experience in the beginning for me. And the day that I arrived to New York City. I was surprised that everyone was just in hurry for some reason, you know, it's nonstop. The whole city was just moving so fast and as if it were the end of the world for some reason. But all of this just made me a stronger person. I challenged myself, like I will really fight to make my family proud, you know, and I thank God I completed my master's and I got accepted to the internship, you know, and it was just like the beginning. NYU just opened so many doors for me and changed all my future goals. Of course, to the better, definitely. You know, I was planning just to do my master's and just go back to Dubai. But then, you know, everything changed. And every time I finished like a step, I feel like it just opens another opportunity that come up. Another thing that people just keep encouraging me. Oh, you should do this because when, when, when I was planning for my master's, I was just, you know, I thought like masters is such a great thing, you know, after you do your bachelor, you know, you continue your education and you do something better that that's enough for me, that I'm just going to go back and just maybe teach in the university or something like that. But then, you know, my advisors at the university told me, no, actually, you should do your internship, you should like experience some clinical opportunities and just improve your skills. So I was like, yeah, let me go for it. So I did my master's and then that was like two years. And then I got accepted to the internship. I moved to Long Island after I did my internship and finished the ID exam. I was like, that's it. My dad came for my graduation and I'm like, okay, that's the time for me to go back. Then I got a call actually from the director in the hospital saying that they want to hire me. You know, after the after I got my ID, because, you know, usually when you when you you get your ID, you know, they get a notification that this, you know, student passed their exam and, you know, they're ready for for work. So I got a call from them and then they hired me. So I worked for two years in the hospital. And then after that, I met my husband through mutual friends and I was not even thinking about getting married. He proposed, I moved with him to Michigan. I started a new whole life, you know, in Michigan. And now I'm working and, you know, living in Michigan with my daughter.
1: Thank you for sharing the story. Yeah, and you had a a beautiful daughter too, so that's that's Thank you. And as far as nutrition, can you talk about the differences about nutrition back in Dubai versus here and some of the culture shocks, specifically when it comes to nutrition? And then we'll, we'll, start, we'll do a full circle and talk about how that's helped craft your message as far as how you position yourself mm. in a your diet for weight loss. But talk a little bit about how people in Dubai uh, perceive
2: nutrition versus here. It's completely different, Libby. And let me tell you this also, you know, it's compared to what I studied back home. I was actually, you know, the nutrition program that I got in the United Arab Emirates, university, it was one of the strongest program, like, um, you know, nutrition program in the whole Middle East. So, but also compared to all the research and compared to all the classes and how comprehensive is the research, we did not do any research back home. You know, so it was like basically just classwork that we just have to do. And like we we did like medical nutrition therapy. You know, it was it was just very basic compared to what I did during my master's. First, you know, this is first thing. Second thing also, like the internship is not it's it was just like a, a semester. You know, it was like like three, four months experience in the hospital like shadowing you're not doing anything hands-on by yourself there's no assignments there's no modules that you have to go through you know so it's very very basic and at the end you know you will just be shocked when you start like finding jobs and looking for jobs that you know you have to be actually registered in the Dubai Health Authority. So you have to be registered in the Dubai Health Authority or Abu Dhabi Health Authority in order for you to start practicing. But never, no one actually ever told us what exactly we need to, to be doing. So I just felt like I was lost. For some reason, I couldn't be able to find a job. And then suddenly somebody introduced me to one of the like managers in, in a ladies' club. And then they were like, okay, you know what, maybe you, you could work at a gym and you can be a dietitian there or like a nutritionist. So I started working at a gym and I was the only, you know, nutritionist there. I created my own plan. I was seeing like clients by myself. I was just doing something that I just created. No one taught me how to do anything. So it was, it was a nice experience for me because I, was, I, I thought like I can really do much more than what I'm doing. And during that job, Libby, I applied for NYU in the office of that gym. I did all my personal statement. I, you know, I did all the application and I paid for it. I did everything in that office at the gym. So it was, it was such a nice experience for me, but I was like, I was, like, I was just kind of shocked, you know, like it's how different, even it's not just about Dubai and the United Arab Emir- you know, or the United States, but it's also I think nutrition, it's gonna be different in each country and in each like health authority. So it's, I think it's completely different, but I am a totally different person at this moment compared to the one who came like
1: back in 2012. Give me an example of how you're totally different now than you were then when you came from Dubai.
2: First of all, I'm different because I'm totally independent. I am actually taking all the weaknesses and the mistake that I'm doing right now to make me a better person. I'm not perfect yet. You know, maybe Marwa today is totally different than Marwa yesterday because I always keep like a goal in my head that I want to learn something new every day, that I want to improve myself. We all in during our clinical jobs or or like in our real life, we always get negative feedback sometimes. We always have like negative people around us. I always take those things very easy in my life and I will always like just switch it. Even if it just gonna hurt you for a second, I always switch it in a positive way. And I just feel like every day is just making me a stronger person.
1: Beautiful. And thank you for sharing your story. When it comes to your trajectory, I'd like to ask you a little bit, now that you've mentioned that you came from Dubai, you feel that you've learned a lot, Uh, you've gotten married and had a beautiful daughter in the um, interim from you coming here for school and then staying after, which is a huge culture shock. And you've adjusted and you bring all these stories and, and experiences. So I'd love your perspective on a couple thoughts that you and I have talked about off air. When it comes to dietitians and how we're paid, how we deal with media and competition, and then any stories you've had from your jobs like WIC, So do you think you could first, we could first start off by talking about how does school limit us as dietitians? and And you could speak to the schooling from the you know Dubai or from the schooling you've had here in, in New York. Can you mm-hmm. share some stories or reflections about the limitations you see that we have? Of course. You know what, Hibi? I just, unfortunately, half of the stuff
2: that we learned during school, we never used in our practice. I think all the dietitians agree 100% with me. And now after being a dietitian for almost five years, I felt that I'm not 100% satisfied with my job. And I felt that I can do more and I can really reach out to the people that I love working with. And I I believe personally that this is the success of all the dietitians. I always ask myself a question. Why at school they did not teach the dietitian how they can develop their own private practice? Dietitians are so smart. And it's such a competitive field. Dietitians can do a lot more than what people think.
1: How how do we If people? If we know we can do more than what people think, And what's the Mm -hmm. missing piece? How do we prove ourselves?
2: I feel that they should have considered teaching the dietitians how they can start their own private practice and work with people that they enjoy working the most.
1: Absolutely. Libby,
2: what you are doing is incredible. Like, I really feel like you should be teaching this in school, you know, and you should be part of all this, of the future of the dietitian. Honestly, like, maybe I'm not great, maybe like other dietitians in the practice field, they are not like great, but what's the great part is when you work with someone that you enjoy working with, when you feel like intense, you know, you have this inner feeling that you believe, you understand their struggle, you understand their pain, you can be very close to them and help them. I think this is the best than just throwing all the dietitians in the clinic or in the hospital, with you know that they're working with everyone do you think that they're really helping them do you think do you think like i feel satisfied when i get a you know diabetes education consult and just go there and especially with all this pandemic you know that i cannot even like stand five minutes in front of the patient if they're coughing or if they're sneezing or whatever they're you know they're having problems with and teach them do you think they're even listening to me most of the time Libby they are either sleepy or they don't know who's the dietitian or why I'm even there. Very, very, very unrespected, you know? Like we, after studying for almost like seven years, and then you just find this person who is not even giving you eye contact, tell me how you're gonna be helping them. Just for a paycheck? I don't even need this job, honestly. For what? I need respect. I need to feel like I'm there.
1: And I obviously agree with you and your voice is, I appreciate you sharing that. And I've heard this from so many different types of dietitians. So I appreciate you giving us your perspective. Do you feel that this is similar in Dubai? Like, this is the diet, clinical dietitians feel the same way across. I mean, I know you can't speak for across the world, but just in mm-hmm. Dubai, here in, in the United Emirates.
2: Honestly, let me tell you, you know, I graduated from UAE University in 2011, and I've been away for like so long. Maybe now the field is different. But what I can tell you during the five, six months that I got the internship in the hospital, basically I was next to the tree line. I was just by the tray line looking at those plates if they are like diabetic diet or a renal diet. And I'm not even, let me tell you, no one even was explaining anything to me. I was just there because I'm the dietitian and I have to check those plates. I've never seen any, you know, any like patient or never did any education. I was just in a diet office checking me like education materials and, you know, updating them. It was just like kind of useless, like compared to what I studied. Like our study is huge. You know, we do a lot of material. And when you come to real world, you're not even using half of them. So you're gonna be like, oh my goodness. Like I studied all of these diseases all of these medications, all of these treatments and stuff, and I'm not even using any of this. So it was like just very, very underestimation, you know, and underestimated, you know, so it was, it was shocking for me.
1: And so when you felt that way, like you saw that our studies, specifically with the examples you gave about medications and everything that we need to learn, AKA like Krebs cycle, right? Mm-hmm. It's applied specifically in the work that you're doing, uh, well, I guess it depends on the work you're doing. Specifically, you're saying medications and everything, or you're you're stuck at the tray line. So, mm-hmm. what do you suggest that people do? How do you? What do you suggest that dietitians do to uh, escape that or to make the best of it? Like, what's the solution to this problem?
2: You know, I advise all the new dietitians, and everyone wanted to go to this field. This is not like I'm saying like it's it's a great field. Dietitians, you know, what we, what we study, it's wonderful, but you just have to have like an aim or like, just have a goal from the beginning that no matter what you're going to do, what you love, what you like and what you enjoy the most, you know, no one actually either dietitians or doctors or like, you know, engineers, they all go through like all the fundamentals of anything. So we, we need to know everything so we can choose which one fits us best. You know what I mean? So I feel like there is no field or no study would be just perfect for everyone. I, I think they all have to go with everything and then they have to choose what's best for them. But I'm really sad. Like we just discovered this private practice like so late, you know, after five years. And you've been even telling me this since when, Libby? Since school. You know, I was like kind of curious to start my own like Instagram and try to just do like some videos and education. But, you know, I was not consistent, unfortunately, you know. So that's another thing that you've been talking about. Consistency is, a, is the key, you know, like
1: you really have to be there. Yeah. And in school, to go back to our education, at least when you and I, because you and I graduated together, I don't remember anybody talking about private practice, let alone social media. And of course, Marwa and I graduated a few years ago, We both been dietitians for five years from grad school. So things have changed. I've, heard, I've interviewed a couple uh, academics on, on the air that have talked about integrating components of entrepreneurship into the master's program, et cetera. But I still think that's very cutting edge. So again, if we're not exposed to those opportunities, and we don't believe we can do it, and according to the statistics from the academy, less than 10% of dietitians go into private practice or own their own business, it doesn't help support us feeling empowered and getting respect as practitioners.
2: Exactly. Uh,
1: and and again, I guess if for those who are in hospital roles, so this doesn't, you know, sounds too depressing, uh, what can they do for dietitians in those positions, whether they're, let's assume they're unsatisfied because of course some people are satisfied. So for those who are working in a clinical position or they're on the train line and they're not happy, they're not working with clients that want to or patients that want to see them, just like you said, it's during COVID things could be even worse. What do they do Marwa to make the best of it? Or do you have any stories that you want to share from your experiences of any of your jobs like WIC?
2: You know, Libby, honestly, I, of course, what happened to me, it's definitely, I'm not advising everyone to do that, but I am one of those people, if I'm not enjoying, or if I'm not productive, or if I'm not helping people, I don't actually deserve to get a paycheck. You know what I mean? So I was like, always thinking, you know, in my mind, like I really have to do my best. I really have to just, the eight hours that I'm at work, I really have to work. I really have to do the best of it. So if, as you said, like for example, WIC, WIC, I only did two days during my internship. Honestly, it was like I was really scheduled two days, like I did like a breastfeeding education, and it was like just for two days. You know, honestly, I did not learn much. And I was just sitting in a conference room. So I I didn't know even what is WIC, even like what, what does it stand for? So it was like just a very short experience for me, you know. And because it was a clinic, a clinically Based, you know, internship. So we did not do actually much of the community and much of the other um, rotations. So when I moved to Michigan, I applied for this job. It was actually in the Veteran Hospital. It's supposed to be a clinical job because I was actually doing, do, you know, doing uh, pediatric in New York, and then like I have to find a job before I moved. And so before I gave my notice, I was applying for different jobs, and I got a call from the Veteran Hospital that I'm, you know, having an interview middle of the week. So I booked my ticket. I went to Michigan and I sat for 45 minutes with those people. Very nice people. You know, I did a very good interview. And then I got a call from them that they're going to actually place me at WIC. So I'm like, okay, because I didn't have any experience before about WIC. I didn't know how it's going to be. And I'm like, okay, you know, I will accept it. But it was such a shocking place. Like even, you know, what I was doing, I think even a person without a degree, Libby can do that because it was just like a couple of application, you know, people will come sit with you in the office, like those women who need formulas and you will just ask them a couple of questions and, and that's it. You will just place them with the right formula, depends on the baby's situation and that's it. But the thing is like those women were very aggressive. Most of the time they will come and scream on my face. You know, I was actually, during the training time, Libby, it was just a two, after two weeks of being trained, I gave them my notice. So they said, like, I have to, so two week notice. So I was literally stayed only one month with Wick, And then I left. But it was just very discouraging, you know, I can say. I was just felt like I was not even there. I was there, but not there. Because they thought that... What do you mean by
1: there, but not there, Marwa?
2: To, to clarify, do you mean... You it, no respect... I'm not seeing anyone other than the people who come and scream on my face. I was accepting that. No problem. I'm not like a type of person who will just fight with people or so. But those people, those women, and I understand their situation. I'm putting myself in their shoe. They are in need. So coming with their kids and their babies, you know, and you have to ask them like a half an hour question in order for them to get approved. It was hard for them. So they were like so upset all the time, you know, like, can you give me the formula? I just need to leave. They think that I'm the one who's giving the formula, but I was actually just an employee, you know, that I have to follow all the, you know, all the rules and I have to just ask all these questions in order for me to provide them with the formula. So it was... It was just kind of like, look at, for example, like maybe for other dietitians, WIC will be the perfect place for them because they like to work with community. But honestly, for me, it was just like um, a very discouraging experience for me being working in the, you know, pediatric ward. And it's kind of challenging experience for me. And then right away throwing me a WIC,
1: it was like, you know, a shocking job for me. How does, assuming somebody's in a position like your experience and they're unhappy if they don't have the opportunity to quit for various reasons, it could be financial, it could be that there's not other job opportunities at that moment. How does a dietitian make the best of it if she's in clinical? What are your suggestions? Just be positive, just be yourself.
2: Don't ever leave your job if you're really in need, you know, financially for it, don't ever leave it if you cannot find an alternative. So I advise them actually to start looking around, you know, apply for other jobs, Do the private practice. Just, I feel like private practice is such, I mean, I'm telling you, it's hard in the beginning, but if you have the right person to guide you, to go through it with you one step at a time, you're going to be so satisfied. Like, I'm really like, you know, I just started, you know, I'm, I'm pretty new, you know, this is like my third week in private practice. And I'm actually thinking seriously about just leaving my job. It's not because I don't like it, but because I want to do the best in the private practice. Like I
1: want to really just give it all my effort and just be full. And, and because you've been a dietitian for five years, and thank you for sharing that. Of um, course. What, what took you so long to want to start your private practice? Because I know your personality and you're saying, I love it. It's only been three weeks and I want to go all in and leave my job. You know, If you do that, why did it take so long?
2: You know, Libby, because maybe I didn't know that it's going to be the best for me. And as I told you, I was really like kind of like sad that they did not teach us how to do this in the right way. You know, we we just took social media. We took all of these things as like fun time for us. Just share something without knowing what we're sharing, without writing anything under the pictures, without knowing the purpose of it. But when we actually, you know, so like, what dietitians are doing and we can actually especially this pandemic maybe it's opened my eyes that our life is not like before anymore you know so I'm like that's the only everything now it's zoom like everything through zoom everything is like online right now even you know what my my daughter she had an appointment with her pre- pediatrician a couple of days ago and it was through zoom So it was like just everything like through Zoom. I mean, like, I think it's our new lifestyle that we just have to really like catch up and try to do the best of it and just take it as a benefit, take it as like a a good point for you. I think all the dietitians should start this, you know, as a backup plan. You never know, maybe in a couple of months, they're going to be... And honestly, let me tell you this, here in Michigan, most of the hospital, they fired... 30 to 40% of the dietitians, not fired, like laid them out, you know, so it just because of this pandemic. So I mean, like they have to find an alternative.
1: Right. And so would you say, and, and that's, those are shopping stats. Um, I'm not sure what they are in different states or areas as far mm-hmm. as that are losing their jobs, but we already know it's hard to find jobs as a dietitian. The best job yeah. that you can have is the one that you create. Mm-hmm. So we to to private practice specifically would you say you know you mentioned that it's not for everyone and that you know that wick for example and thank you for sharing your story that some people do enjoy it and i appreciate you sharing that because there are people out there that like that type of work Mm -hmm. and you're sharing that you just didn't and that was your that's your clinical story and that's it's helpful for you to share that vulnerable moment with us What would you say are the traits that a dietitian would need in your position who's at the beginning of starting it? What does somebody need to have or or do to start a private practice?
2: Honestly, Libby, I just feel like I believe I'm not perfect. I believe everyone has a unique feature, has a unique skills that's gonna make them different than the others, for sure. Love it. So my advice to all the dietitians, you don't have to be like, for example, like the best. I don't want to like say names. You don't want to like be as this dietitian or this dietitian or like, oh, my Instagram should be like her or like I should be posting something similar to her. No, this is going to make you very down. This is going to discourage you. You're not going to reach anything. You're not going to even be you. So my advice to all the dietitians who really planning or like find the private practice is very interested to them, just be yourself, simple. Just be yourself. Don't try to be anyone else. You are unique just by being you. You know, always learn something new to improve yourself and also to build that trust between you and your client. Just learn something, keep it it in your head every day. I wanna learn something new so I can be, you know, there for my client, I can help my client. You know, have a structured weekly plan to be productive and always, always, always keep yourself first. Taking care of yourself will boost your confidence and it's going to push you forward. So, you know, don't ever take the negativity from other people or the mistakes, you know, that this, oh my God, this, no one likes me. I'm not doing the right thing. I'm going to stop. No, actually keep it as and improvement points for you, keep it as pushing things for you, you know, keep it as like something that's gonna just make you stronger and make you move forward. So anything in our life, not just private practice, any new change, any new new job, anything, it's kind of scary in the beginning. But you know, think about it, that when you're doing something that you like, this is like half the way. This is something that, you know, you're not learning, you know, from scratch. This is something that you read. Like, for example, we we did all of like five years, I'm telling you now, I've been like through this field. I worked outpatient. I worked with, the, you know, with the children. I felt like weight loss, the keto diet that I experienced also with myself, with my family, with my friends. I felt like people, they like my advices in this part. I get that, you know, I get... A lot of motivation and work from my family and my friends that I can really do this, that, I, you know, that they trust me. So I feel that's the only time when I talk about weight loss and when I talk about the keto diet in my way, in the way that I believe in it, that everyone listen to me very carefully and people, they like what I'm telling them. So why not? Why
1: I should stop? Thank you for sharing that. And can you tell your story, your personal story? about why you decided to become a ketogenic dietitian and why you promote this dietary choice for weight loss.
2: Of course. I actually been through a lot since I became pregnant. I gained a lot of weight. The pregnancy itself, it was just very, very complicated to my body. You know, I was very, very stressed. And what even like, The thing that just made me even like more kind of like depressed, I can tell that you know usually people when they deliver they lose weight. When I delivered, I lost the the baby weight like the first two months, and then after that, Libby, I gained even double what I gained during my pregnancy. I was very very low confidence. I was like just looking at myself. I'm like, oh my goodness, what I'm doing to myself? I was not happy. I was just like I can't even show, you know. I can't even like take pictures or share in the social media. I was very, very discouraging, you know, kind of like very discouraged. So, and I was breastfeeding until like one year, and they told, they kept telling me, oh, when you start breastfeeding, you're gonna lose weight. You, you know, actually I was gaining weight in the beginning, but then I decided, like my husband, he he was on the ketogenic diet for a couple of years and he believed in it you know, and he's a physician. So he always encouraged me to do the ketogenic diet. I start researching about it. You know, I did a lot of research. I, all the new like research, I, I downloaded and I read everything. I got books, you know, for doctors. I, I really educated myself so well about it because I, me myself, I hear it you know, kind of like false information, you know, about the ketogenic diet. And I thought like, it's harmful to your body and it's going to make your cholesterol high, blah, 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 blah. So when I actually studied everything about it, I was like, yeah, you know, why not? Let me try it. And it's totally changed my life. You know, the recipes that I learned, the recipes that I created myself, it changed my life, my daughter life, and my husband life. I lost... Crazy weight, Libby, I don't want to even give you a number, you know, like it's I, I lost more than 30 kilos, like almost like what, 65 pounds, you know, and I was even thinner than my, you know, than before my wedding, because I lost a lot of weight for my wedding, you know, so I was even thinner than before my wedding. I gained my confidence back. I was so happy that I can wear medium size again, you know, after years and years and years. So it just changed my life. And I helped my family, I helped my in-laws, I helped my friends and I found like, you know, I was like very happy with the results. I'm like, why not? Everyone was telling me, you should be helping everyone in the world. You know, and you were one of them. So it was like, just like, you know, it was just a start for me. So I gained all this confidence back and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start. No matter what even, and it's a busy time for me too Libby. I didn't even expect that I'm going to start at this time. My daughter, she's one and a half years. You know, she's, you know, she's still young. She's, she's very dependent on me. Like I'm working and I have to take care of her. You know, it was just like a lot of stuff, you know, for me inside my head, it was not the right time for me to start my private practice. But my husband kept, kept motivating me. He's like, you know what? You should do it. And even, you know, do you remember when we spoke together Libby was telling me, like, how long you've been telling me about this? But <laughs> you should be starting. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just start no matter what. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. And honestly, Libby, it was not perfect. Like every day I'm discovering something new. Every day I'm just like, oh, you know what? I should do it this way, not this way in my program. So it's just a
1: start. And Thank you for sharing your personal story with us and why you chose that and that you're passionate about it. And I love that you had the ability to help yourself and your family and then that inspired you to help other people. So you feel very connected (laughs) to the work you're doing. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: That motivates you because then you're able to feel passionate about the work you're doing. Right, right. The last topic I want to discuss tonight talks about, I want to ask you to your opinion on how to deal with media and competition. So, earlier you talked about how comparing yourself to other people is obviously not good and it holds you back from getting started, and us dietitians need to take imperfect action.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you speak specifically to how to um, navigate through, through media and what we might perceive as competition um, in the space so that we're able to, dietitians are able to help more consumers?
2: As I told you, you know, I feel like just dealing with media. In the beginning, when I started, I was just like looking around, like checking all the profiles of all the people in the world with different languages. I was just overwhelmed. And then I was like, you know what? Just do the thing, the theme, the information, the thing that you believe in it, because you have to be very close to the client. You have to be very close to the audience. You know, every time I post something in the social media, I imagine myself like standing in a stage and talking to audience. So those are the people that I want them to hear my voice. Those are the people that I want to reach. Those are the people that I want them to get, you know, that I wanted to help. Those are my favorite people. I don't care if I get unfollows or if I get like negative feedbacks. Actually, those things motivate me and move me forward. So media and competition, competition, I feel like other people who's, who, you know, who are doing the same as what you're doing, I feel we should get connected and just make, you know, be as like strength for each other, help each other. And I, I think that's great. You know, I think social media just, I think it's going to make me a, a better person.
1: Absolutely. It already has.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing my best.
1: So what you're saying, if I'm understanding this correctly, is to take opportunities well, to look at competition and media um, and how to deal with that would be to focus on standing out and really make sure you're communicating your message to your audience on social in order to market your private practice. Is that correct?
2: Exactly. And if you start social media with a strategy, as you said, or with a method, you know, or like a certain goal and you just follow it, have a plan for the week, have a plan for the month, You will never fall apart, no matter what, if it's a busy day for you, if you're struggling throughout your day, you are going with a calendar, you're going with, you know, with a to-do list. And I think this is the best success for me. The week that I just missed to post, you know, or like I did not prepare it ahead of time, is just, I would be very, very upset of myself. I'm like, oh, why I did not do that? So always just follow a schedule. And sometimes things fall apart. Like I will do like Sunday for me to create content. And I will do another day during the week, like at the end of the day, just in case if I did not finish Sunday, I can finish it on another day. So yeah. always like be flexible with yourself. Don't put too much pressure on yourself.
1: Yeah. And thank you for sharing your, your time management skills. I think that's really helpful because mm-hmm. a lot of the listeners get overwhelmed thinking that they need to do it all at one time or they're not sure how to manage it. And so I think that's helpful that you're suggesting if you work on content for one night, that you can let that bleed over to another day if you give yourself, if you anticipate that in your schedule. Yeah. So my last question is what keeps you motivated to uh, have, you know, schedule, follow the method and make sure that you're being consistent? What, what keeps you motivated and accountable? The outcome Libby. when I see that,
2: you know, from the first, actually from the second day, I got booked a couple of free consultation. You know, I get a lot of motivation. People, you know, the outcome that people they they believe in my knowledge, believe in what I'm gonna provide them with. People like I believe in my method, I believe in my program that it's gonna help people. This is what really motivates me to do the best, to reach out to more clients, to reach out to more, more people, to help people, you know, and What I always think about, like, this is something that I really really like to work with, you know, and I want to also get feedbacks from my clients to provide the best and to improve my program. So, you know, and also you. One of my good friends here, you know, what what you're doing, it always keeps me motivated when I see your post, when I see like the comparison between the private practice and the clinical jobs and all of these things just keeps you always motivated. So, yeah.
1: All right. Well, any final thoughts that you want to share with us before we wrap up?
2: No, actually, I just want to tell all the dietitians that you are, all of you guys are over, over, over qualified for clinical jobs, overqualified, than what you're doing right now. Trust me, you will be very respected when you start your private practice. You will be very, very, people will hear you. You will be very close to the people that you're working with. You will be very motivated. You will be very satisfied from inside that you're doing something that you like. So my advice to all of you guys is just start. You don't have to be perfect. Just start from scratch and, Trust me, in a couple of days, you're going to be a totally different person.
1: I love it. If you just remind <laughs> everybody where to find you on Instagram and then we will wrap up.
2: Yes, you will find me at fitfit.foodies oodiz
0: If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothchild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right
1: away.